Welcome to Hope for the Uprooted Woman. This is Susan Miller, and this month I have as our special guest Sandy Ray. I am so excited about Sandy joining us because it is so timely. She's going to talk to us about our children. And what better time that we need someone to share ideas and thoughts that are qualified to meet the needs of our children for a time such as this. Sandy is a licensed occupational therapist. She's working on her doctorate. She is also a certified parent coach. She has a great website. And I'm just thrilled. I met Sandy when she first moved to uh, Arizona and she had just moved, sound familiar, and we go to the same church, and she has become a dear friend. So I said, Sandy, be on our podcast because moms need to hear what you have to say. So I am just delighted that she's joined us. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, and we will put up on our podcast Sandy's contact information, her website, and how you can contact her. She does live in Phoenix. She has a private uh, occupational therapy and parent coaching practice, and she also works for the school district. She's a very busy lady, but she would always have time for any of you. So let's jump right in. Sandy, as you and I both know, this is a very difficult time for parents. Um, kids are living in fear of the unknown. They're anxious. Uh, parents don't know what to do, how to do. And it's a scary time sending our children back to school in the midst of COVID, whether you choose uh, homeschooling or online schooling. But it's all um, a very apprehensive time for us as parents and the children. So how can we help as parents calm our children's fears as well as our own fears? Yeah, you nailed it, Susan. I mean, it is a crazy time. Um, we talk about, you know, have we done this before? Well, no, we really have not done a pandemic before. This is very different um, than anything we've done before. So, of course, there's going to be anxiety, and not just for our kids, but for ourselves. So, this is very timely, as you mentioned, that whether we're sending our kids to preschool or off to college, we are parents and we worry. And how do we make sure? that we're calming our kids as well as ourselves. So um, I think the first answer, the smallest answer would be we need to communicate because when we're not communicating, that's when fear really gets established. And then, boy, we're in trouble then. Just talk to each other. What is it that's scaring you? What's going on that you're afraid of at school? What's going on that I can help you with? So really being able to talk to them and that also gives them a foundation of comfort and gives them the sense that they're safe. That's the scariest thing. Are they safe in their little heads or even grown-up heads? They're thinking, am I okay? So I think that's the biggest thing, Susan, is really just being able to communicate with your kids. Well, and then what about um, how can we calm our children's fears uh, as well as our own fears? Because I know fear is a, you know, neon sign among moms and parents these days. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, it really is. And I think um, the other thing that's going on is they're watching us. So if we look really fearful, we are very anxious, or we're having times of worry, they're watching us. So even if they don't know what's happening, they get that red flag thinking, "Uh uh-oh, danger, danger, something's going on. Mom and dad just don't look at peace. There's something going on there. So I think, not that we need to fake it. That's not it either. It's how we're dealing with it. If we're going to say, you know, yeah, this is different for us too. This is can be scary, but guess what? We're praying about it. We're making sure that we have all the information that we can, and we're going to make sure that all of us are safe. I think that's really important. We're modeling how we're handling everything as well. And you're so right. I even tell moms when they have first moved and going through the transition of that um, total new experience for children that they are going to watch you, just like you said, and if you're anxious and upset, they're going to be anxious and upset. And it, it is interesting how children, we're kind of the catalyst for the home and, you know, how important that is, uh, the cues that we send. It's, yeah. I, yeah, that- it, it is very important. And I had a young military wife text me over the weekend about Uh, even her daughter going off to college and how there was so much anxiety in their home. And I said, well, one, I'll pray for you. And two, remember that you can go to bed tonight and cry your eyes out, but you need to be the example of encouragement and hope. And so it's all ages, isn't it? It really is. It really is. They look to us. I mean, whether you have babies that are, you know, just very small and still living in your home, whether they're all the way and they've already left the nest, or whether they're in college or they're married themselves, we are still parents and we're going to worry. But yeah, it's how we are handling it. They're watching us. They are absolutely watching us to make sure, is everything going to be okay? And again, that's ageless. And what about anxiety? That's another, we see anxiety and you can even um, uh, go into this more than I can, but we see anxiety manifested in healthy and unhealthy ways. So we sure can. It's something that kids or adults, they don't say I'm feeling anxious or this is my anxiety. They may show it in behaviors where they might be um, fighting more with their siblings or they might be talking back or they might be staying up late or they're not sleeping or we need to make sure we're watching the cues. If it's something that looks like it's out of character, out of character for that child, then we know something must be up. So I would take a look at that and just really nip it in the bud. It it looks like you're not sleeping at night, buddy. What can we do? Let's talk about this. Um, It looks like you're crabbier what's happening there. It looks like, you know, whatever it is that is shown differently, that could be anxiety. Absolutely. So we need to address that and just talk to them and talk them through it. And there's a number of things, and we can talk about this as um, we move on, but there's a number of things we can do to kind of counteract the anxiety. And anything that is, like you say, not the normal pattern of behavior or action, can definitely be seen as anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we look at ourselves too. I know for me, if I've got something going on and I'm definitely worried about it or anxious, I'm snippy 
where I'm usually super kind, <laughs> but I'm snipping or I'm not sleeping or I'm eating differently or I'm either exercising more or less or whatever is on my mind, it's kind of coming out in a different way. It's not my natural character. And when you said to, to get them to talk, is, is it good to ask open-ended questions rather than questions with a yes or a no? Yeah, I really like to make sure that um, if it's a yes or a no, then the conversation can end too quickly. The other thing is I try to ask leading questions. It looks like you're not sleeping. It looks like, or I've noticed that, and so they can feel the rest of the story in because I don't want to place things into their mind. I don't want to say something like, it looks like you might be really worried about this illness that's going around. Oh, they may not have been thinking that. They might be thinking, I'm nervous about going to a new school or I'm nervous about attending college. Whatever it might be, open-end those questions so that they can fill in really the story behind it because it may be something very different from what we're thinking. It could be definitely anxiety, but out of something that we're not even thinking about. So let them lead the conversation. I really like that. In fact, all of us as parents and grandparents are in different stages and phase, phases of our children and grandchildren. What you just said is applicable to all of us um, with older children or older grandchildren because it you're, really is. you're exactly right. You know, it looks like, you know, or it, so that's very good, very good counsel. I'm taking that one home with me for sure. <laughs> um, are, there right. any, are there any daily strategies that you would suggest to, to look for in our kids um, other than the, the things that you mentioned with anxiety? Are there any other things? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's important to make sure that you have a schedule. If you have something that's foundational and they can count on it, when the rest of the world may seem chaotic to them, they know in the morning we get up and I keep my pajamas on, but then we go have our cereal in the morning or we have our devotions in the morning, whatever it may, might be that works for your family, I would keep that for them because that's something they can count on and look forward to. If it, even if it changes up a little bit, it's okay, but as close to a schedule as you can for them, and goodness, we all have kids nothing ever goes as scheduled I'm just saying if we can guide it as much as possible that really helps because they can count on that the other thing I would do is I would bring some of those things that um, I wanted to touch on about anxiety if it looks like they're waking up anxious okay what can we do right away in the morning it might just take a real big hug and all that is just to kind of ah, bring down the anxiety. We could do some wall push-ups. We could do some devotions at the table. We could do some deep breathing. All those techniques are really good, and they're going to maybe complain about, oh, I don't want to do the breathing. I don't want it. But I got to tell you, you do that for a little while, and you miss a day, they're going to be calling you and saying, hey, we didn't do our breathing, mom. Or hey, you didn't send me a little emoji, mom. Here I am at school, and you always send me one every morning. Whatever it might be, it's something that they look forward to, and it really is a calming mechanism. It is surprising. The little things that we do, they look forward to. I love that um, because that also applies to any age. 
I know when my kids were teenagers and were anxious or fearful about a big test or an exam, mm -hmm. I would take an old tube of lipstick and write across their bathroom mirror, I'm your cheerleader, mm -hmm. you can do this. And, you know, they got used to that coming on the mirror when they had a big test. So They do, and they look forward to it. They know you care. Absolutely. That yeah. is so, so good. Um, is there an age-appropriate sharing with kids? What, how, what does that look like? Yeah, I would definitely share. Um, let's take this going back to school. Let's take that. I would definitely approach my five-year-old going to kindergarten very differently than my college kid going back to school for freshman, whatever, senior year. Um, if they're saying, mommy, how do, how do I make sure that I'm wearing my mask at school in kindergarten? That's very different than I would approach my college kid. Um, I'm also not going to give too much information. My little kindergarten or preschool doesn't need to know the basis of what COVID is, how it's transmitted. I, they don't need to know the illness itself. Maybe when they're older, if they're asking us questions about, well, where does COVID come from? And I don't really understand the science behind it. That's more age appropriate. So I would only give the information from the questions they ask, if that makes sense. It may, if, yeah. if they're asking questions about how am I going to play at the playground, answer that question. We don't have anything other than that. But if they're asking questions about like I said, transmission and things when they're in college, that's very different. I would absolutely, if I don't know what it is, we'll look at it together. You know, um, my dad would always say, I'm not going to tell you how to build a watch if you just ask me what time it is. Mm. And, you know, and so that is so true. Sometimes we overshare and we do. there's a danger in that, I know. And yeah, it may lead us to another road that we are not prepared to. And if we had mild anxiety, we may have just increased it to major anxiety, which, wow, we don't want to do that. We want to make sure we're comforting them. And I love the fact that you said routine and schedule is important because they get every child, every person needs some kind of a routine and schedule to their day. Yeah, it's very important. And I think especially when the rest of the world seems chaotic, they got to find something. That's We're the light. We're the hope in the midst of all of this. So we have to make sure that we're providing that to them. Tell me about balancing um, as a parent, balancing our life if uh, we decide to homeschool or, you know, if we're doing online um, classes or you know, what is the balance in the home with all of that? Sure. And I think um, that's very, um, it's one of those things that we never really planned on. Um, we didn't plan on being teacher and um, working from home. So I'm also an employee and a mom and, and the chef and the homework person. And like I said, and the teacher hat is now on as well. So they, there needs to be some balance because now we're doing all these jobs and we're all Kind of trapped in the same house. So <laughs> we're trying to navigate all of that. So I think, you know, something that sticks with me is um, I was told once that you can't give water from a dry well. So I think if we're not taking care of ourselves as parents, especially as moms, we are not going to be able to give anything to our children, to our friends, to our spouses. So we need to make sure that we have balance in our lives. If it looks like we're giving, 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 I've given to my 
my um, boss, I've given to my children, I've given to my church, I've given, I have nothing left. And that's only going to hurt the whole family. So if you need to take some time and put a timer on and say, mommy's got until it goes all the way around and you hear the ding, that's your time. And it's not a time to feel guilt or shame about it. You need that to kind of refuel again, fill up your well to make sure that you're there for everyone else. So balance is super important, even if it's to take a walk. And I know that's hard in Arizona, but just try to find some time that's yours and, and make it a treasure. That is your time. Well, and what resonates with me is the word boundaries, balance boundaries. You know, I think yes. that, you know, if you're a mom that's working from home, your husband's working from home, and your kids are all home, they're either online or you're trying to homeschool. First of all, know that I pray for you. Oh, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if I lived near you, I'd come babysit or whatever. But, um, but boundaries are so important to fill that well, aren't they, Sandy? Oh, they absolutely are. Again, you know, you can't give water from a dry well. I know yeah. I've, I just said that, but I think it's important to say it again. You just really can't. Well, and then kind of switching from school and just the basic day-to-day -day fear, sure. anxiety changes, just address with me the emotions and feelings during a major life change for a child. It could be divorce. It could be death of a grandparent or a parent. It could be a move. Um, you know, we're finding out more and more that moving affects children of all ages. And, you know, but I just, I just know that sometimes we are so into our own situation of a major life change, the divorce or the, you know, the death of a loved one and the move and all of that, that we forget our children have, they have coping issues also. So just help us with that a little bit. Sure. And I think a number of the things that we've touched on already um, can be applicable to any situa situation that has any type of change um, that's going to produce anxiety. So whether, just like you mentioned, whether it's a divorce, a move, a death, um, an empty nest, um, those are all anxiety producing. And I think what's important is, and this is something I did personally, I would put it in my phone and I didn't have phones when my kids were really little, but as I got older and I would put reminders and all it said was listen and watch because I'd get so caught up in everything that I'm doing and they're going to be fine. They're at soccer or they've got their little playtime or they and I'd forget exactly what you mentioned, Susan, that we forget because we're in the midst of just getting them to here, getting to there. Are they fed? Are they sleeping? I mean, just the basics. We forget. Are we really watching them? Are we listening to what's going on? Is there anxiety there? So we have to make sure that we're taking our time and not losing what's going on and finding the little joys take time to just go, okay, everybody, time out. I know we're busy. You're doing homework. You're doing this. You're doing time out. Tell me something that made you laugh today. And if you didn't have anything, we're going to make something right now, whether it's running around the house, putting on funny hats, whatever it is, find the joy because we're missing those things. And those are the things they're going to remember. They think we're silly. They roll our eyes at us, but I got to tell you, my kids are older and they'll look back and go, oh, remember how weird we were, mom? But those were so fun. So I think that's important. We got to remember to listen and to watch. 
And just as we're in the midst of, like I said, divorce or death or whatever the big changes are, life is going to happen. If we can remember, take a deep breath, listen and watch. I think, I think it's just really going to benefit everyone around you. I love putting it in your phone. I mean, as a mom who lives by her phone, putting it in your phone, or I would even put for me a post note on my bathroom mirror, yes. you know, yes. but um, gosh, you can tell I do a lot with bathroom mirrors, but, <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, that is so wise to just stop and do something with that's lighter and right. brings right. a laugh. That's yeah. so good. Gosh, yeah, life are, can get heavy. Life can get yeah. heavy. So we need to yeah. just stop. And we probably need it as much as they do, right? Oh, we absolutely do. We do. Gosh, you know what I love about this interview is you're, you're talking um, a parent's language. You are speaking into our lives. This is down-to-earth, practical application that anybody can do to pick up these tips and to just take a couple of them and, you know, really work on them. Um, right. I want you to, to give me some takeaways, Sandy. What, sure. what is it you would want a mom to um, take away from this, this time together? Yeah, I think it's important for all of us. I mean, I, I like to have little things. I call them tool, toolkits or a little toolbox. So you know your kids, really moms, you know your kids better than anybody. If it feels wrong in your gut, you know something's wrong with that little guy or little girl. So if you have some things, some arsenal, so to speak, in your little toolbox of, I know he loves bubbles, then that's what you go to. If you know they love one-to-one -one time just coloring with me, then you make the time. That's what you do. They love cooking together. Whatever it is, have some things in your mental toolbox, or you can have a physical toolbox, but have those things on the ready. Because in our midst of day-to-day -day lives, things are going to pop up. And if you're not prepared, you're going, oh, then your anxiety comes up with it to meet that. And if you've got some things going, hey, it looks like we're having a tough day. Let's just stop what we're doing. Go run and get those color crayons and coloring book. And that works for my college-age kids. So don't think it's just for my preschoolers. It is a wonderful thing to do puzzles or to be coloring with your kids of any age. So just having kind of a mental toolbox, or like I said, a physical toolbox, of some things that you've got in the back of your mind that you just think, this is what I need to do, and just have those on the ready. The other thing is, I cannot stress enough how much breathing helps. Time out, everybody. Two breaths in. Two breaths out. I always just say, smell the flower in through the nose and blow out the candle and then whoosh, through your lips. So I love that because any situation takes some time to just breathe. It may not be as bad or it may be something we can work through together, but take time to breathe. Make sure you've got that. Another thing that I really like is whether you're a writer or a drawer or, what, uh, or something in nature, know your kids not only what helps them, but their motivator. If it's something that's in nature and you know that about one of your kids, make sure you have that available to them. If it's a writing journal, I always used to have worry journals for my kids. And then the big thrill of crossing it off when that worry is no longer a worry. Oh, the crossing off itself is just amazing. So journaling, drawing, whatever it might be, um, make sure you, you have that ready for those kiddos that you can kind of tap into. 
So yeah. I really like having some of those things available. I do too. And sometimes it takes a little proactive thinking, doesn't it? Sure. But then they're ready for you. They yeah. are. They yeah. Are. And yeah, it, it's just a nice thing to have some of that foundational um, things ready to go for you. And following your gut, I think that, you know, you had mentioned that. And I think that that is so important because you're, it's just like you said, you know your kids. So follow that instinct, you know. Right. This right. may be an off day for them. You know, we have off days. So we do, we do. And it's natural for them too. They're not little robots and that's not what we want to raise them to be either. So if they're having off days, like you said, let's address those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I am taking, I have stressful days and I am going to breathe in the flower and blow out the candle. Yay! I love that. Are there any other takeaways, um, Sandy, that you want to leave with with us? Um, I would say it depends on your kid and yourself, but touch is super important. It may not have to be a full-on hug, but just sometimes when you're touching a shoulder or touching a hand without even any words, my goodness, that says volumes. So, um, yeah, get in touch literally get in touch with your kids and find out what's going on with them and just make sure there's open communication and let them know you're there. You're the one listening. Let them know you're there to listen. And I love uh, where you've said that um, how important it is to practice gratitude. Yes. Yes. Look for those joys and those times where you can say, wow, look at what we do have. Not so much the negative, but yeah, look at times where you're grateful for things. And that's, those are good reminders, really good reminders for ourselves as well. Well, and it's important for those that are listening to reach out to their community and reach out to the church or your place of worship for prayer and assistance and support. That's really yeah. important. And it is. It is. If you feel you need help, nothing wrong with doing that. That's what we're here for. Make sure you do that. You know, none of us can do this alone. None of us can. We have a kiddo with a cold. What do we do? We take him to the doctor. So you have a kiddo that's going through some tough times with anxiety or whatever it might be. You reach out for help. It's just a natural. Sandy, this has been so fun. The time has just flown by, but it's been fun. Um, I've picked up things for all ages as well as for myself I Good. love your down-to-earth, practical style. Um, gosh, can, can women email you if I quickly give them your email address and your Absolutely. Website? I have a website as well as my email. And um, if you go onto my website, which is www.sandyraycoach.com, and I'm sure you'll have that as well, um, the first consultation is free. Um, so it's just really reaching out and, and finding out um, what the needs are. Um, and then, yeah, they can always email me. That and would be great. Your website, it's Sandy, S-A-N-D-I-R-A-E. Yep, coach. Coach. So yep. that's a great way to, and then to email you, um, is your email address on your website? Yeah, um, let me just give it to you. It is S-Y-R-A-E-63 at gmail.com. Wow. I don't have that written down. I'm going to have to, I've got, yeah, I'm yeah. going to get that written down. So, and 
And so we will get this up on our podcast and everybody can hopefully walk away feeling a bit encouraged, a whole lot encouraged. And thank yeah. you so much, Sandy Ray. My yeah. pleasure. You've got this, parents. You've got it. And hey, this is Susan with Hope for the Uprooted. I'm so glad you joined us. And I will pray for your encouragement and your hope during times like this as a mom and as a grandmother and as one that has a great influence on your children. We'll see you next time. And it just doesn't get much better than that. Hope for the Uprooted with Susan Miller is a production of Just Move Ministry. Just Move Ministry is a nonprofit, non-denominational ministry dedicated to the emotional well-being, spiritual growth, and ongoing resilience of women uprooted by a move or other major life change. Susan Miller is the founder of Just Move Ministry and the author of After the Boxes Are Unpacked. Around the world, women uprooted by a move are gathering in After the Boxes Are Unpacked study groups. Together, they form friendships and find belonging in a new community while seeking to understand how God is using their move to grow and deepen them. Learn more at justmoved.org, where you can sign up for weekly words of encouragement, subscribe to Bloom, an inspirational publication, and read new articles every month that inform and inspire. Join the Just Moved community and the Just Moved community Facebook group a place to connect with and be encouraged by other women anticipating or recovering from a move.